Hey, hey, welcome to Web3 Weekly with your host, Blockstar Technology. Let's go. Good afternoon. So today we're going to talk about um, community building and uh, building brand and marketing around that uh, subject. So um, today we have um, Kim, or very well known as Uncle Bim Bim uh, in, the tw- in Twitter. Um, so we had a, a few uh, conversations, but I'll let uh, Kim uh, give a bit of an uh, introduction, uh, what he's all about. He's been in this uh, space for a while and doing some uh, great things. Um, so um, let's get started. So my name is Kosi and I have uh, Maureen here with me as well. Um, today we are missing uh, Charlie and uh, Craig, um, but we are still going to go ahead and uh, we're going to keep that uh, once a week podcast going. It's important uh, to have that because we love to talk to, add value to this uh, community. And we always, uh, we recently started bringing in uh, guest speakers as well. Um, and we believe we can only be successful as, you know, together, right? So we're going to, you know, do that and show our appreciation to everyone. So, um, Kim, uh, off to you, my friend, if you want to give a bit of a background about yourself. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I, um, I appreciate the opportunity to just talk about branding all the time. Cosy, like you said, we've been chatting a lot and we have some really good, rich conversations about this sort of thing. So I'm excited to dive deep. But my name's Kim, as Cosy said, uh, Uncle Bimbim on Twitter. That's actually what my nieces and nephews call me, is Uncle Bimbim. Um, I'm a branding and marketing consultant. That's what I've been doing for too long. Uh, and I love it. You know, it's really just about how we can provide value uh, for, for people's audiences. Uh, and really, that I break down three things is what I do. One is figuring out what the message is that people are trying to communicate. Uh, two, the audience they're trying to communicate that to. And then three, the bridge that will connect those things. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I've been enjoying the Twitter space because it's such an exciting space where everyone's trying new things. It's so innovative uh, with Web3, I should say, Web3, Twitter, and um, people are so open to learning at the moment. And I'm just happy to be able to facilitate uh, those learning experiences. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Cool. Awesome. Thank you, uh, Kim. So you prefer to call Kim or Uncle Bimbi? <laughs> Anything goes. You can call me Auntie Business. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Um, cool. So, um, to, just to get, uh, get us started, um, we have this thing. Um, you know, for the last, I would say, eight to nine days, uh, we are. You know, we've been traveling around. Uh, been to Melbourne and um, Sydney and having spoken to a uh, few people. Uh, there's a bit of a um, word that's been spoken uh, to us about, which is uh, Web three marketing. So I only knew there's only one marketing, but now obviously there is a Web3 marketing. So um, I just want to touch base on that. What's, what does it look like? What does it mean? Um, and is it something different from what we called marketing to Web3 marketing? And why is it called, you know, people calling that? So if I ask you the question, uh, Kim, what's, what's your take on that? Yeah, well, <clears throat> you'd ask me 12 months ago, yeah. You know, Web3 marketing was retweet, tag three friends, <laughs> you know, build some hype, get some influences. But they were just, uh, uh, you know, 
tactics that were already being used, like influencer marketing, just on steroids rather than in a really like hyped market. If I was to say what uh, Web three marketing it is now, I would say it's um, community first, it's people first, uh, and it's authenticity as well. And the thing is, we're already starting to see that shift in Web two. You know, in traditional marketing. Uh, your traditional influences that you see on Instagram, like like product placement just doesn't really work because everyone knows it's not authentic. They know that that person is probably just getting paid to hold that protein shake or wear that t-shirt. But as a customer, you don't, you connect with the person, but if they're not really genuinely into that product, you're probably not going to connect with that product anyway. Mm. And so people could, um, People could already start to sense that, so you're starting to see less, um, I guess, return on investment if you were to take that as an, an advertising route. And you also start to see even big name accounts, like million Instagram accounts with millions of followers, starting to share uh, less curated photos, like more in the moment type of photography, like real authentic, maybe them in their sweatpants or something, or just just real quick photos of them and their boyfriend out shopping. Like people love that because it was kind of like behind the scenes yep. type of concept. So we're already starting to see that. Hmm. Web3 just expedited that. And we went through that hype phase where everyone was just like trying to make a quick buck. It was it was the wild, wild west. If they think it's the wild west now, it was the wild, wild <laughs> west before. And <clears throat> I remember when I first stepped into the space, I was trying to talk to people strategically about branding and marketing and no one really wanted to hear it and fair enough they didn't really have to you didn't have to do much to make money mm. back in those days but yeah. now that things have gotten a little bit more saturated um mm. people have been lost lost a lot of money so there might be some negative sentiment around that yeah you have to start to be considerate of uh, your actions and your message and, and how you approach the market yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good point. Like with regards to, uh, for us, when you mentioned community, the word community first, uh, there's a lot of people uh, throwing that word around. Uh, like, it's funny, like um, one of them, Sydney, was talking about like, oh, we, we just fed up hearing the word community and utility, <laughs> right? It's community and utility. People are just throwing that, uh, those two keywords around but not really understanding. But look, I, I, I don't really, you know, uh, obviously I take that with a pinch of uh, a grain of salt because I think people do understand it. They have a good um, thought behind yeah. that one because I think everyone understands what a community is, right? But we just... I don't think everyone like got that really down pat. Uh, only few few people really got that uh, really down pat with this long term building of the relationships, yeah. like for the last. I think they maybe understand what a community is, but don't really know how to harness the power mm -hmm. of community. So, community really is the cornerstone of Web three as we enter. Yeah. I think that's the real defining <coughs> factor. Would you agree? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent. And uh, I like to use the word ecosystem. Yeah, well, I think yeah. that that's a really good um, word actually in the ecosystems and um, this uh, in the Web three space. I think a lot of people think like uh, just because you have a NFT now you can uh, have a community around the NFT. But I don't think people really resonate with the. I think NFT is probably the first instance that people can connect with you because they like different artworks so that they're like oh, okay you know i like this grunge or comic or serious or 3d i think that gets initial interest yeah but i don't think that's just enough um to keep people 
be part of that community. Yeah, you know? I agree. I think, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, it was, um, it was just yesterday, actually. I was, mm -hmm. I was talking to a lovely gentleman in, in the US and we, we had this exact conversation and he said, look, community just seems to have lost all its meaning. Mm -hmm. And I think in society in general, the word community is kind of, you know, watered down. Like you could live in a suburb and never talk to your neighbors. Wow, right? that's a good point. Yes. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, yes. so, so quick way through this, like just in general in society, community is just not what it was, say, 60 years ago. When yes. you, everyone, you would go to your neighbor and get sugar or milk exactly. and like you do, you have all the kids in the street. Like, yes. it's, it's not like that anymore. So community as a word in general has just lost its meaning. Mm. But if you rewind, let's go back, you know, 100 years or so, communities relied on each other so it's almost tribal right mm. communities were tribal back then like there was one blacksmith and he was he or she was the one that did that thing there was one baker there was yes. someone who took back to was the farmer that took care of the cows or grew the carrots and you know if you wanted carrots you had to give bread and it was you relied that's why i like ecosystem because the whole ecosystem in in nature relies on each other the great circle of life, as they call it, to, um, to survive. And, and, it, and it's like that. So it's, you can't blame people for not having an understanding of community because we don't really talk about community in society in general. It, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think maybe there's, oh, just to um, further on that note, I guess there's a lack of experience with that real community. We have the new generations coming up which are heavy adopters of this technology, but how likely is it for them to have experienced what you're talking about? That actual mm. true depth of understanding and experience of those kinds of communities and those real ecosystems, they have been lost along the way in society, just like you said. I really agree yeah. with that point. But too, yeah, then, yeah, I mean, yeah go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Like, of, of course, we'd still have people who, you know, maybe they, they have their karate community or their footy club, and then you've got those sub-communities, and there are some people, like, my neighbor who was across the road, man, any chance he gets, he's, he's grabbing me for a conversation. He's a lovely yeah. guy. And, but but it's, they're few and far between. I guess yeah. that's the thing. We don't want to talk about absolutes, but they're few and far between. I guess everyone, especially now, Uber Eats to your home, you can watch Netflix. They're like, we can just live our own little isolated lives mm. these days. And um, Web3 has really put that on its head because it, it, you, don't, you don't even need a DAO, right? Mm -hmm. We're not talking about a DAO here, just a normal like hierarchy business yep. like, still requires that feedback loop mm. from its customers because you're building in real time and when you build in real time you're keeping your finger on the pulse which means you can react and pivot quicker to the needs of your audience and that's what this is about yeah, yeah. i mean that that's that's a, that's a really good point when you talk about the community like you know sort of real world the ecosystem and we always had those like when you're growing up, uh, we always go and have the, you know, they're playing outside. We just go and find friends and you just yeah. say, oh, can I play with you, right? <laughs> and that's how you made friends growing up. Um, and that has obviously, I'd, I'd like to call it lost because we still have that in like, say, for example, online gaming communities, right? Yeah. When they obviously online, when they, you know, connect, you have friends like from all over the world. Now, you know, the world has, become smaller so there are still a version of a community and um, so bringing that I think that's and also that go ahead yeah do you know what I love about what you're saying right now is because we look at uh, we're thinking of it in terms of physical community physical connection but 
One great thing about things such as Web3 and all these unique projects is that those people that were a little bit weird <laughs> have now been able to find more of each other. Oh, that and, uh, do you know, <laughs> no, not so much Web3 people, but what I'm saying is yeah. <laughs> you've, you've had this creation of now those little minority interests, minorities that are, you know, small amounts of people that are interested in one topic have actually been able to connect more easily and build communities. And now suddenly you're not alone if yeah. you have like a unique interest. So it, it's, yeah, we've lost that um, physical, real-life community, mm -hmm. but just like you're saying, it's so easy now to connect with people without leaving the house that you don't need to do that, that now we've sought those connections and those communities from the comfort of our home almost. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, um, I, think, I think socially, when there's, when there's I guess there's, I won't say nothing's at stake, but, but not not what's at stake. Like we can hang out and play a game, and it, mm. you know, it's just a game. Yeah, we could do those those low level of commitment communities. That's what this is my opinion. Yeah. Um. But, but when you're talking business now, right? Mm. Business, there's a sense of control. Like, oh, I don't want to lose money. Is this the right marketing strategy? Is this should we do this? Should we do? Should we go left? Should we go right? There's a lot at stake there. So now giving that that up. Being vulnerable to a community, it takes on a different vibe, and that's why words like vulnerability, uh, uh, to me, are starting to be used a lot more in Web3 as well, because in order to nurture true community, there's a level of vulnerability that the founders and the owners need to have with yeah. that community to build that relationship. You know, it's not this top-down yeah. uh, relationship. It's a, almost like giving up control and allowing your community to be, play a part in the decision-making the funds, the treasury, like every every big aspect that most companies um, normally hold control very tightly, they have to relinquish it to build the trust of their community. It has to be, yeah. you know, returned in order for people to really align themselves with your values. Yeah, and you touched on it before, you said like everyone's been able to find like their, their weird little group. Now, yeah. Right? You find <laughs> Guys that play guitar yeah. and like dressing up as furries and watching yeah. that little like Venn diagram of like yeah. people in the middle, you can find them. Like yeah. if people can find that group of people, I'm pretty sure you can find your group of people. <laughs> and the one thing that is fascinating with me, the more and more I talk with clients, and it's been like this for for a few years now, and it was understandable a few years ago, but now I'm still surprised that people don't think this way. Is they don't understand the value of targeting a niche hmm. a lot of people just, just just don't understand that and there's this great essay uh by kevin kelly i think he wrote it in 2008 there's a thousand true fans a thousand true fans and i think seth godin elaborated on that in his uh, book this is marketing and it's just this, essentially like you don't need thousands and thousands or hundreds or even thousands of followers yeah. what you need is a thousand true fans and that, hmm. that number is not absolute but as yeah. a reference point if you have a thousand true fans that spent a hundred dollars a year on you, that might be sorted. Like yeah. that's a great you, you can make a great living from that. And you know it never stops at a thousand. That one person who's been and we're talking about fans, not followers, fans were fanatical about you. Mm. So Cosy, if you had a band and I was a fan, yeah. not only do I buy your album, I come to at least one show a year and I might buy a t shirt. Yeah. There's a hundred dollars easy. Yes. Throughout twelve months. But I wouldn't even blink an eye at that's 30, 35, another 30, yes. like really easy purchases. But I'm a fan, I'm such a huge fan. But what I would do is I would invite my brother along. Let's say, hey, mm. 
Are you free Friday night? I'm going to see this band. You come along. Yeah. And there's potential now for him to become another fan. So yeah. it can always grow from that. But people underestimate the power of just focusing on smaller groups. And that is, I think that is why there's a struggle to, to, to um, comprehend community because you're trying to think about lots of people. But if you just think about a small niche, it mm. actually becomes a lot more easier to digest yeah. the concept of community. Yeah, that, that's, you know, um, that, that's a really good point, right? And, you know, it's always people think about like, you know, okay, 100,000 or millions, that's what they're sort of thinking. But you start with one fan, right? You always start with one, you know, you always start with zero and then you first one and then you go forward. So that's about the community, right? So if you talk about uh, brand building, so we've got for the community and getting like-minded people, it's not about getting like everyone, it's about surrounding yourself uh, with people who fit your like that's the community right with your brand mm. so how would you build a brand so for um say for example someone's starting a new company right it could be anything Let, let's get an example say i don't know uh mugs right mugs mugs like coffee mugs like coffee mugs you know what you don't have not, not the coffee mugs uh tea mugs <laughs> you use tea mug you don't have mugs for tea right but it's tea mugs right <laughs> Something weird, just like as Maureen said. So, uh, tea mug enthusiasts. Right? If you start a business, so how would you start? How do you? Where do you start building the brand? Yeah. In your eyes, um, I there's something that I'm trying to shift in myself. You know, yeah. I'm trying to shift with a lot of people that I talk to is moving away from the word building because I use that a lot. I say build, mm. build, build, build a brand, but building implies that you you can just like. Put yes. right, the pieces on and voila, it's done. But it's it's more you're growing the brand. It's yes, just like growing a plant that needs to be nurtured. Yes. You can't just buy the pieces, put it together, and give it a brand. It doesn't work like that. Even if you if you invested thousands of dollars into uh, an agency and stuff, if you don't do it right, mm. this is not gonna work. So I like the idea of growing or nurturing yeah. a brand. It seems it seems a lot more um, fitting to, to the actual mm. process when we talk about brand building. So for me, when, when we talk about branding, it's, it's like trying to understand the DNA or the soul of a company. It's like your values, right? When you when you go out to the pub, there's certain values that tell you that, no, I'm not gonna start a fight with that guy, or I'm not gonna steal that over there. Like you have your moral compass, yep. and that's maybe come, come from the way that you were brought up, or your, your, your parents taught you, all this stuff. Your brain is kind of the same thing. When you understand your values, and what you want to achieve in life, like your vision and your mission, like what you're trying to, what impact you're trying to have on a day-to-day -day basis. Those things are your, your compass for the company. That's where you start with your brand, and then that stuff that influences everything else that happens yeah. from then on. Like your marketing messaging, the type of people you hire, and you know, you and I always talk about. Nobody say you say people, culture, money. Yep. The box stars. Yeah. Yes. Like that. That is in your DNA, and it's. You don't have to think, right? It's a system that keeps you on track. Mm. Like, and whenever you're feeling like, oh, should we, should we make decision A or decision B? Well, how does that align with our, yeah. our values here? And so that's a great example of what you guys mm. do with your brand. And so that that's how I see, if I was starting with a company, instead of the, the, the tea mug enthusiasts, I would be saying, okay, well, what, first of all, what, what how are you trying to make tea, tea cup enthusiasts' lives just a little bit better? Yeah. What is something in their lives? What what's something mm. they're not getting right now? That what's that void that you can fill? Mm. Okay? And why do you want to fill it? And how do you want to fill it? So those questions start to 
it's almost like what I always say it's like putting your, your, your company on a therapy chair. Yeah. And you're just asking lots of questions because it's in there. Like the people sort of get it. Something has triggered them, but they just can't articulate it. Yeah. So you, you sit there to help facilitate the articulation and you just draw it out of them, draw it out of them. And just like when you go to therapy, yeah. you have the answers. You, you're the one that tells the, to the therapist, oh, yeah, that's what I should do. <laughs> that's um, exactly. That's a good point. Yeah, and it's the same thing. It's not about, you need to do this. I don't have the answers. And it's funny when people ask me, like, hey, what should I do with my brain? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you tell me. You tell me what you should do. Um, so that's what I would do with a teacup, uh, yeah. team mug enthusiast. Mm-hmm. I, would, uh, I would figure out what, what is the gap that you're missing? What's mm-hmm. the gap you're trying to fill? Right? And how are you going to fill that in a, in a way that will create value for them? And then from there, that's when you start building mm-hmm. your vision, your values, your mission. All of that will start building around that. Yeah. Because you, you have that sense of purpose in the middle. Like that's the thing we need to do. Okay. Well, what's going to keep you on track for doing that? And yeah. the process begins. That's a uh, that, that's a that's a really good point. I mean, like with uh, with our uh, we have our own DNA, and I think that is our brand. So it's almost like the brand is a self discovery. Mm-hmm. I think, and um, it's hard to say. Like even um, unless they whoever. Uh, consults to a business uh, or a potential you know client about brand I think unless they immerse themselves uh, with the founders or with the stakeholders I think yeah. it's very difficult to someone to come in and say like okay this is okay you have to do your brand like this because you don't understand it's not authentic, the, it's not authentic yeah. right you know you're not trying to I think the brand and sales are different because sales are about okay where can we get the money from what is the market uh, research and answer that, but the brand is your identity, right? Mm. Uh, you can't, you don't want to, if you, I think you, if you pretend to be someone else to fit a particular role, how are you going to keep up and without, against your beliefs? Yeah. I think that's a failure. I think they did a survey on it and mm-hmm. out of all customers that entered the survey, the highest quality that they want to see with brand engagement and in companies is honesty. Mm. Like, which is a weird thing to expect from a corporation, but people really do appreciate honesty. Like, yep. you can feel or sense when someone or something shady or doesn't feel right. So it's always good just to be authentic, honest, and to build that brand or create it or grow it. It requires having people be loyal to your company, and no one's going to be loyal if they don't feel like they trust you. Yeah. So. Yeah. And if we just take a step back to the community thing again, yeah. when like not everything, like yes, in the Dow, okay, people start to have a bit more of a say in treasury and all that sort of stuff, but mm. it's actually not as scary as people think, like being vulnerable and being honest, like you're talking yes. about. Like that sometimes just clear communication, mm. people are just okay with that. Yeah. Like there's this great, I, I think it was a study, maybe it was a podcast, so someone was talking about uh, five star reviews, like one star reviews. Photos, five star reviews that could have been one star reviews, right? And that, that's where like the best experiences come from. Like, my steak comes out and it's not cooked right, it's undercooked. Yes. And I'm, I'm ticked off. I'm on a date night with my wife and I'm mm. like, oh man, come on, like, can you cook it right? They say, no worries, sir. They, no, no questions asked. They take it away, they bring it out. Dessert time comes around and said, look, here's two complimentary slices of cheesecake. I'm so sorry for your trouble. You know, is there anything else I can get for you? I leave that place on an absolute high. Like, yeah. just like, wow. So it didn't matter that it wasn't executed perfectly. Mistakes happen. But the, the, the level of communication and, um, you know, uh, interaction 
with between the company the between the brand and the customer yeah yeah make a world of difference and so like you're saying maureen honestly like just being clear hey guys mid midday has been delayed just going to let you know why and i love letting us know i love what you're saying because it's also a commitment to actually showing that you value your customers there's too many times you have an experience with a brand or a company they're in the wrong but there's you, you know they might fix it but you feel bad for complaining <laughs> when they were wrong but like you said the way you address or deal with the situation deal with conflict or treat someone when they have something to say and they have feedback mm. that's what they're going to go away remembering yeah you might have gotten it wrong but they're going to turn you i love that example that you gave and that's something i think we'll keep in mind those five stars review that could have been one stars like that's yeah. a great story because it really just shows the value that they put on customers and actually wanting to make them happy. Hmm. So yeah, yeah, and that that touches on another important factor, probably one of the most important factors when you're really growing a brand is internal branding, and we're talking about culture here. Yeah. Right, and Cosm, you're very good at this. How you say like, it's not about the money; it, it's about connecting with the people that we need to resonate on the same, you know, on the same wavelength. Um, it's so easy to forget that, especially if you're in a hurry, you need to hire someone because someone left or someone's sick or whatever, like business, real life kicks in and you're like, okay, we need to make a decision. It's, it's so easy to compromise on your values because you just need to achieve an objective. But sticking to those things will allow you to build that culture. Now, let's use the example of the person at the state restaurant. If that employee is unhappy because they get mistreated or they don't align with the values, let's say they're their kitchen manager or whoever it is just doesn't treat them well. Mm. Do you think they're going to go above and beyond for that customer mm-hmm. when they have that? No. So it, it's all this like um, cause and effect type thing that the result that you want all the way down here needs to start all the way up here. And that's with upper management, right? It's, it starts with the CEO and, and their immediate like lieutenants and making sure that they capture that because each of those lieutenants maybe has five, 10, 20 people underneath them. And it just it, it just flows down. And whenever there's a problem with a company, I always look up, I'm like, okay, let's start here. Let's not look down there. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a Richard Branson that says, you know, you're, um, uh, no, no, like, no, no, I wasn't Richard Branson. There's something that I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. Like just your lowest paid employee is typically one of the first customer interaction points. My daughter started her job at Macca's when she was 14 and she was standing there at the kiosk because she had to learn how to greet people at the kiosk. Yes. I was like, that's so bizarre. Like she's literally her first day on the job Yes. and she's the first person that people get to interact with. Like <laughs> you put the, 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 the integrity of the brand into the hands of someone so inexperienced yes. with the brand. And that's fascinating. It's yeah. really, really fascinating that, um, you know, it really highlights the importance of onboarding mm. and training and clarity, and not just onboarding on the on the job you have to do, but the the purpose for our company exists. Yeah. and that's the brand, that's the DNA. We want to pass that torch down. They need to be embodying that. That's mm. the only way the company is going to be able to scale, not just scale physically and executing the product or whatever they're doing, but also scale culturally. Yeah, and you have to pass that the, the torch down. Kim, I read an article um, just recently about building brands and communities and web threes. And it's funny that you say that because they said that 57% and you know, I know statistics are made up, but 57% of um, a brand's success in the building stage comes down to its employees. 
So I think it's interesting that you said that. And I guess that would we say that it comes down to the strength of the culture of the company and how they exert that, um, you know, emotion or like image or sticking to the values and the pillars of the company? Yeah, yeah. I see culture as like a, um, I was going to say like a, like a goo, but that's kind of gross. But it's, um, it's, it's, it's like this invisible thing that, it's like this unspoken thing that connects us all, right? Like you think about any good culture, like island culture, Samoan culture, mm. there's just things that we do that all Samoans do. Like I could be at a shopping center and I just know that guy's Samoan. And I'll look at him and I'm like, I get him a little yes. bit, and he just knows, he looks at me, like, we're just friends already. Yes. Like, it's almost like he's saying, like, I got you if you need me. Like, hey, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're at Woolies and you get into a fight, I'll be there. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, just unspoken, it's just unspoken bond, right? And that's yeah. culture. It's something that we just all, all get. And um, so when you talk about company culture, you, it needs to be something that you can let go of. If you have to micromanage it, you yeah. don't have a culture. Yep. So culture, that's when it's passed down, you know that that person can, can, um, you don't have to t- remind them to take the bins out, even though it's not their job, hmm. right? You don't have to remind them to like, hey, make sure you take take the new guy out for lunch. Everyone's already jumping at the opportunity to take the hmm. new person out for lunch. That's what it needs to be. And then because it's this unspoken thing, but it's really difficult to find that sometimes. You People will have different backgrounds, different beliefs, and that's okay. We're not, we're not saying everyone has to be exactly the same. Of course. When you come to work for here, this is what the expectations are. And if it's not, if that doesn't fit well with you, that's okay. Mm. You know, I will go all separate ways. But yes, it takes a lot of work. And, you know, Cosi, I'd love to hear from you because I'm sure you've you've hired lots of people in your yeah. time. And just the, the <laughs> effort that goes in, the effort that goes into finding the right people, like, yeah. Yeah. like yeah. I can't imagine it's easy or, or a quick process. Yeah, I mean, look, it's um, it's weird. It, you know, you can't put your finger on what's culture. Um, I guess it's... Uh, for me, it just comes down to um, doing good, right? It's um, it's giving more than of giving without expectations, right? Uh, once you stick to those like basic guidelines, then um, everything works out. Um, and then I think ha- ha- being humble, right? Uh, there's nothing like um, you know you know that you're not the smartest person in the room, and you know that you're constantly looking for smarter people. And then you grow this thing. You just had to, um, you know, you just had to make sure that you're there uh, for the good times and the bad times. More than good times, bad times, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think uh, if you look at the millennials, um, you know, their thinking is different from our thinking because of their different experiences. And going through this process, now they, uh, the millennials are all about being, you know. Ex, you know experiences and you know what they don't want much they just want honesty right and 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 not treat them as just 95 robots yeah like a number like a number like yeah. that's it and it's not that hard and people think like oh my god you, once you get someone you just have to work them you have to um, you know what did you do in the last hour or what did you do it's that you know it's that you know and what you said about micromanagement, I think um, a lot of people are, um, sorry, not a lot of people, that's a big word, that's not <laughs> that what I meant, it's like um, some people who feel threatened about themselves, they, they try to go and ma- make themselves um, look smart or 
they you know holding people like into the like the mic. I don't know what what the mic, mic, micromanagement means too much, um, but it's almost like a you know you know some some businesses you think of like the startups, right? Moms and pops, uh, they are just just living above the the water, and they want to make sure that okay, if we hire someone, they're gonna do everything and being more right so mm. they are a little bit selfish when it comes to it because obviously they don't have the the funds to support you know they can't say like okay you can do we believe in you but i think it's just letting go of that control the, or that control, control especially with the millennials yeah right you have to let that control go i think once you do that um you'll be surprised you i'm i'm being surprised by our team that um we have but you know um it's nothing to do with the skills it's like you know what you set a platform for them to thrive on right so the branding pretty much i believe uh the brand starts within the organization before it get communicated to outside Uh, world i think i was Mm. just about to say that it's almost like we build with the culture you build a community of your own mm. it's that alignment it's that belonging it's that like you said when you have happy employees because they know they belong and you know they enjoy the workplace and mm. they have each other's back happy people produce better results it's just a known fact you know they yeah. deal with things better they exert happiness they treat people better it all starts with the culture within a firm and the brand shows from the inside out essentially yeah, and, and if we use an example like like an NFT project mm. that, that, that a lot of people work through are, are probably used to, uh, you know, it's 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 your, it's your models. Are your models that you have are they treating people like going above and beyond for the community? You know, are they just ticking things off a box? Oh, I'm just doing my job. I think we're past the stage of people. I don't think people even just want to just tick things off the list. It's not satisfying. People don't want to go to work and feel like that. They want to yes. feel like they're accomplish something i love what you said like you're creating a platform for them to thrive and i was just thinking about that like, isn't that isn't that sort of contrary to what we've grown up with right it's like here's a job i need to do that job from nine to five and mm. do it well if you don't do it well i'm gonna put someone else there yeah but it's almost like the whole fabric of just work and business in general has changed to here's an opportunity are you the right person to take hold of that opportunity and make something great from it yeah. Right? And that, that means letting go of what the outcome might be. Yes. That, that's a good thing because the outcome could be 10 times better than what you thought it could have been because mm. you let the right person like free in that, yeah. in, in that space. And when you think about micromanagement, it's, it's, it's just their anxiety. You mm. control because you're an- anxious about the outcome. You need it to be a certain outcome. So you put your hands all over it and breathe down their necks and make sure that it, mm. it, it turns out the way that you want it to be. Um, uh, and I guess that, that when we talk about anxiety, there might be a level of insecurity there. Mm. Maybe not personally, but insecurity about the business. Like, oh, are people gonna, are people gonna turn up to the event tonight? Are people gonna make some NFTs? That's that insecurity. Mm. So you put your hands on it because like, okay, have you done everything? Maureen, have you done everything? Cosy, have you done everything? Like, yeah. <laughs> I need to trust that we've built a strong enough bond that you will go and do everything you can, more than what your jobs, you know, your position description says, because you care about the result. Yeah. You care about achieving the mission. And again, that comes back to that internal branding. If you do that right, it emanates out your, your customers who accept that. And we, we have even little things like we tell our people to come, hey, turn up to our Twitter space or turn up to our AMA, but the team and the mods don't even turn up to the AMA. Hmm. So like 
what does that say to your customers? Yes. Like, if your team isn't even enthused about what you're doing, yes. why should anyone else be enthused about yes. what you're doing? Exactly. That, that's, a, that's a really good mm. point. So, um, thank you, Tim. So, we spoke about the community, about the brand, so brand, uh, brand building. Um, and then let's talk about marketing. So, how is... So, so when you go to um, actually when you're building brand, I think there's a bit of a thing about sales and mark brand building, right? Um, as well, I think some you know when you look at um, affiliate marketing and the you know, call to actions, I guess that's more like sales driven marketing than brand marketing. So for me, I feel like you know marketing can go with. It can go with the brand building marketing and they can go with the sales funnel marketing. I think I have a feeling some of the uh, brands have uh, sort of a mixed some of these and constantly go at them the call to action. Um, it might have worked some time ago, but at the moment, I think it's a different um, ecosystem, right? So if you talk about, um, so we, we are building the brand and marketing. What is the difference between those two keywords, marketing and brand? Yeah, so, so like we said before, brand is that DNA. We'll, say we'll call that the soul of your company. That's your, your values, everything you believe in, um, the essence of who you are. And it's, it's going to be your, your, your moral compass, I guess, for, for, to, for your company and the mm. decisions it makes. Now, marketing is just communication. That's as simple as I like to put it. It's just mm -hmm. trying to communicate those values out to people. It's trying to communicate the sense of value that you want to provide for them. Because just because you can see the gap doesn't mean that they know that that gap needs to be filled or that they know that you're the right person to fill that gap. Yeah. So marketing is is uh, different tactics and strategies to to bridge that, mm. to connect with someone and say, hey, this is this is what we do and this is who we do it for. Yep. If that's you, you should come check it out. Mm. And that's why uh, content creation is so massive, right? Like, we're doing it right now in real time, rather than door knocking and you know, cold calling people saying, hey, do you know that we do this? We talk like this and you get your expertise out there. Mm. Hopefully embedding, embedding in people's minds that when they do start to think about, hey, I need, I need someone to help me with my Web3 project, mm. maybe Blockstars. I, I remember hearing that podcast, maybe maybe they're the right people mm. to talk to. It's embedding that, that seed. So the, the, the creative funnel is, is still very relevant. If anything, it's probably more prevalent now in Web3 than it was in Web2. Um, and, and, and having call to actions and monetization in that funnel is, is crucial, otherwise you're never, gonna, <laughs> you're never gonna make money. And I think that that opens it up to saying, okay, well, what other ways, I think, what other ways are you able to monetize with a lower barrier of entry? So instead of trying to offer a $100 product, maybe offer like a $10 ebook or something, right? Something that's a little bit easier to consume. And that, all of that is just about, um, Gaining their trust, like before that ten dollar mm. ebook, though you, sh you should have been giving so much free value well yes. before that ten dollar ebook even gets gets out to the public. And I think the only the biggest shift I've seen in Web three is that the the level of free content has gotten even more valuable mm. because it's become so saturated. Everyone's doing Twitter threads. Everyone's doing a Twitter space. Everyone's doing a podcast. And it's so easy to do a podcast. Like, That's right. Mm. I decided to do a podcast two weeks ago. I was like, oh, I'm just going to start a podcast. Yep. And I recorded 12 episodes. They're only short ones, like five yes. minutes, like rants. Uh, I recorded 12 episodes, created an anchor account, and it was on yes. Spotify in like no time. Like, it's crazy how easy and how accessible it is like, to just do things. Yeah. Uh, so what, what's what's different now? Because before you could just do like 
top three things your brand can do, mm. surface level stuff. Now people are writing whole Twitter threads that pretty much give them the solution. The playbook. Right. right. Mm. Oh man, some yeah. of these threads that I'm reading, I'm like, I can't believe this is just free. Like it's yeah, <laughs> it's it's like educational content. So the bar has been raised very very mm. high. Um, so if you're going to get into content creation, you can't hold anything back. Yeah. You can't just dip your toe in and just give them surface level because they're like, well, there's 10 other guys who are giving me the whole, the yeah. whole kit and caboodle. 100%. And, and so that's the biggest shift I've seen. Mm. The sense of value is immense. Mm. So would you um, consider Web3's iteration in terms of um, Web2, what are the main aspects that you see in the change of marketing and branding? Because I know a lot of companies have you know, taken a step up and leveled up through Web3 by things like, you know, um, yeah. NFTs creating um, participation or empowering the community or, you know, having collectibles through NFTs. To be, like, what are the biggest differences that you can see from traditional marketing and branding to what people now have to deal with in Web3 or even the benefits? I think we touched on before in this community, right? Yeah. And that, but, but but if we if we want to elaborate on that community cornerstone, yeah. Um, we 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 talk about like the the core tenets of just what Web three is to begin, and yeah. we talk that brings up the conversations of um sovereignty, like decentralization, and, and all of this sort of stuff. So it's essentially if we're going to package that up into a nice word, it's power to the people. Yeah. Right. And so the opportunities that we have from a branding and marketing perspective. Again, it's letting go. That's actually an opportunity. I don't see that as a as a negative thing. And I've been finding I can accelerate the stuff that I'm doing for my own personal brand. It's accelerated. Like I before I went back working full time, I had my own consultancy for a number of years, and it was going really, really well. Um, but it was tough to network. Like I had to, I, I had some people online. I had little groups that I could go talk to. But if you really want to network with people, you have to get up, get out go to a lunch or something and it was a lot of work and um just almost didn't want to it just felt <laughs> like too much effort and sometimes you get nothing from it and it just felt mm. so disheartening um now the opportunity with this of these online communities that we have like i've just been able to establish like such a rich network in such a short period of time mm. like um everything is uh like multiplied in web3 that's what i feel like mm. if you if you're willing to invest the time to build relationships and that's the honesty the vulnerability and building that community it will come back to you tenfold mm. and what i notice is that when 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 it rains it pours yeah so kim what would your advice be to someone starting from fresh say they were wanting to get out there build a brand build a community what are the best steps someone can take to actually start building a community how would you recommend someone putting themselves out there would they jump onto Twitter and just give heaps of value? Is, is there a better way to do it? What what steps from the ground up would you take? Man, uh, this, is, this, is, this is a good question because it's fresh in my mind because when the bear market hit, I actually had, I was, an, I was an artist for a project and I worked maybe three, four months on these, this art, I'd like, my wife would tell you, like, going to bed one, two in the morning, still waking up going to my day job and I was, I was working my bum off for that. And then when the bear market hit, everyone just dispersed. Like mm. I, 
like Captain Norman's posting in the Discord, Captain Norman's posting on Twitter, and they were just like, hey, fair enough, like some of them had business and they'd lost money, and, and I get it, so it was okay. But I was sick of Web3 at that point, I was like, man, that was just such a kick in the gut. So I only recently came back again, maybe two months ago, like two, three months, and mm -hmm. I, I didn't really have much of a following. I was like, hey, how am I gonna do this? And um, I really started, instead of, back then I was just uh, sitting back and watching, and I was just following the trends, okay? You've got to be an you've got to get influencers on board. You've got to get a hyped up project and do the RT. There was there's not much not much more for. But I've always followed like really good content creators in Web two. You know how they really like they create a lot of value up front. So mm. obviously the Gary Vee's, but there's a lot of there's uh, the Justin Welsh's. Like there's a lot of really good content creators, coaches, and mentors. You can see the formula that they teach the formula. But here we just see how they do it. And I was like, I think that is still relevant to today. And this was just before it was already bear market, but the FTX stuff hadn't happened. But I, I was like, I started creating content, and it just happened to be an opportune moment because not long after that, everyone started to say threads are going to be the most important thing. Um, Elon's taken over, and video is going to be important. Threads are going to be important. Like all the stuff about content creation became. Now you can see everyone doing it. So I would say, if you're going to start, first of all, just show up. But you can't expect people to come to you if you're not going to them. So find your community. For me, I would encourage if it was Web3, Twitter, just it's just where it's happening. And if you want to give yourself the best chance of success, go there. Like it's going to be more difficult to find that in on Instagram, mm. right? And then the great thing I love about Twitter as well, you're not limited to just one post a day. Like Instagram, you kind of make one, maybe two photos a day, and then that's it. You might jump into like a, a DM or something. There's no way to just have this natural back and forth with people and Twitter allows that. And that's, I tried to get into Twitter for, death, for like over a decade and I just couldn't. Every time I tried, I just couldn't. I've finally been able to find that the value in it because I like the back and forth. Like I can talk to Cozzy back and forth, I can comment on Cozzy's stuff, I can comment on Blockstars, I can tweet 10 times a day if I wanted. Like it's, it's free, it's free yeah. for me to communicate. So I would say Twitter is a great starting place. I mm. would actually encourage that. But turn up to people's spaces, listen to their podcasts, comment on their posts. Like that shows that you're not just here to take, you're also here to contribute. Mm. I think first and foremost, before you try and take things from a community, from an ecosystem, yeah. what are you giving to that ecosystem? Mm. And that sometimes doesn't even have to be a project. That could just be turning up because we all know one listener, one like, one retweet can mean the world to someone. Yeah. Someone who's just starting out. And you see, like, I'm not talking about the hundred thousand follower accounts even the guy that just has 200 uh, followers who just tweeted his very first medium or mirror blog like it read it and say man good on you man i got a lot of value from that yeah. guarantee you he's going to comment and you're going to have a long conversation <laughs> with the comments there's an even if you like have come from different backgrounds you're going to have an appreciation for yeah. each other. and that there is now your first follower that's the first person that goes you're awesome man thank you yeah. i appreciate you um, and it's not hard. It's just genuine. You just got to be genuine. Yeah. Um, it, and it's, it, that, it really does snowball. Because yeah. that one person turns into two people. They they say, hey, you should join this community. You should join that community. If anything, the, the difficulty is having to manage all of that. Yeah. So just talking about that, um, say, for example, uh, Kim, you have been uh, with a few uh consulted few uh companies and you know like few uh, nft project as well i know that you're working behind the scene 
uh, consulting a few projects and you have your own projects as well um i you know got into um i'm a sucker for nfts everyone knows that mm. um right i love uh, i really love the characters um you know what you have done and you have coming up coming up with some uh, utility as well you have the gold uh beams uh that comes with a, a $10,000 worth of marketing um you know value uh, that's tied to that utility for that um, NFT as well. So, for example, given all that experience, right, and now you're, um, um, you know, sort of uh, consulting to these, uh, I would say, business leaders, right? Say, for example, a business leader who has one business, right, and now they got a part of another business, or they invested in another business, another business, another business, right? Now, before you know it, you have like, five businesses that you're part of right and when you're building your brand um and how does it get um relation like how how would external people relate to you in that sense is it a, is it a good thing a bad thing or is it something like that you can do or in your experience but because the reason i'm saying that is like uh, myself whenever i go out i make sure you know what uh, i I'm all about block stars. My blood is block stars, and pretty much all of us are like we represent um, sort of block stars. So in this space, how would you make sure that there's a communication, there's a clear relationship that you build with the outside world as with the brand? Mm. Uh, one of the biggest things, topics that I'm talking a lot about lately is personal branding. I'm mm. a big, big advocate for it, and. What, what, what makes it easy, because I, I think what, one exciting thing about Web3 is that you don't have to be one thing anymore, right? Mm -hmm. You can be an artist, a musician, a consultant, and all of that stuff. I mean, you have to learn how to manage that, but um, you can be whatever you want, like, and it's exciting. Uh, but you're right, if you don't do it right, people will get confused. Like, where do you sit in the mix, and how, how, do, I, how, do, I, how do I relate to you? Yeah. You're all these different things. You can almost feel like you're wearing too many masks. Mm -hmm. But I guess personal branding, like we come back to the DNA, your values and all that sort of stuff. Like, let's use you, Cosy. You, yes, you are, I, you are block stars through and through. Mm -hmm. But you're also Cosy through and through. Yes. Right? Like, it doesn't matter whether you're representing block stars or whether you're on your brain scan account. Mm -hmm. You feel the joy and the supportiveness of Cosy, the personal brand of Cosy. So, yes, Blockstars, like even if you were to leave Blockstars, people would still be like, oh, it's Cosy, he's a good guy. You know, they, they, they you carry that personal brand. So, if that's the thing, it depends what you're putting forward. Like, I don't like to put forward my skill set. Mm. And so, you see a lot of my content and the way I interact with people is like, how's your day going, man? Like, I hope you have it. Like, make sure you take some time for you, for you and your wife. Like, I interact like they're family or friends because um, that is my real personal brand. Yep. So it doesn't matter whether I release an album, it doesn't matter whether I do an NFT project, it doesn't matter whether I do consultancy and educational products, they just see it's just Bimbit. He's yep. cool. Like, I like Bimbit. Like, he's fun to be around, he's a good yep. guy. Like, right? So that's the type of thing that I would say is your personal brand. And if you mm. can execute that well, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. I think, guys, we are closing into the um, one hour uh, time limit, but. Um, just uh, closing um, notes, um, Kim, do you want to give us in a bit of a shot? I would like to give you uh, the platform to talk about your uh, services, uh, what you would offer to uh, the companies 
and and it's a bit about your project as well. Yeah, thank you, thank you. So, look, any company that, that wants to hit me up, you know, Uncle Bim Bim on Twitter, this is the best place to find me, and my DMs are open. I find it's an easy way to for people to contact me, or you know, my email is just my Gmail account, kimlamsan at gmail dot com, uh, and I'm always open for consulting uh, uh, things. I actually do have like a little little agency of people that I use when you want to get into the design, more of the tactical stuff, um, but that's at a, a as, as required basis, but I love consulting, you know, and I'd love to talk to anyone about that. Uh, but, but mainly uh, the bins, my bins project, my, my cute little characters that I created, uh, they are a great entry point. There's a lot of free content that I'm sharing on Twitter. And then bins is a very low barrier of entry if people want to just experience some educational content there. Um, I don't expect anyone just to come out and engage with me. I want to build that relationship first because that's where the best clients, the best jobs are going to be. So look, Uncle Bim Bim on Twitter is where all the magic's happening. And um, I just want to get to know you. So just say hi and let's start from there. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, just to um, give you a hint of uh, praise, um, Kim, um, when I spoke with you, I, I, you know, I heard uh, what you say online and spaces as well. Uh, you are really about relationships. You are all about adding value uh, to the other people. And that's something that we resonate with um, as well. You're all about giving and uh, you've got a few projects that you're part of and talking with the people around those projects while we were in uh, Melbourne and Sydney. They do resonate uh, with the project, the founders and also people behind it. And you're part of uh, those projects as well. And which is fantastic and uh, given that you are just down in uh, Brisbane, just close to us in Gold Coast, I think we should really uh, catch up and uh, you know talk a lot more about this brand business, you know. Um, <laughs> I love this, like I, lo I could just talk about branding and marketing, so I, I appreciate the opportunity guys, it's been great. Yeah, anytime. Alrighty, um, guys, um, thank you so much uh, for sticking around with us um, and Again, um, just as uh, Maureen uh, put out a uh, bit of a post uh, earlier this week, was it yesterday or the day before? I can't remember. Asking for uh, subjects that, if the community have any subjects that want us to um, have a podcast around, please uh, don't be a stranger. Please um, let us know. And we are more than happy to take those uh, on board. And because at the end of the day, we are here to add value to the community. And to anyone out there, so it can be about yeah. NFTs or anything about like marketing, branding, uh, even technical as well. Um, and if you don't know, we'll always bring in experts. Uh, um, yeah, I was just about to say that. Just to add to that, if anyone does have topics or things they want to know, Cozzy has been a serial networker. And he's literally <laughs> been going around Australia meeting all of the right people. So we now have like... A pool of absolute experts in their field, so many knowledgeable people, um, just like him, that are ready to jump on and, and share what they know with listeners. So if you want to know something, let him know, and he probably knows someone that knows. Just if contact he doesn't know. <laughs> Just contact Blockstars, and, <laughs> and uh, we are more than happy to help uh, pretty much anyone uh, and everyone. Um, and I think that's the key. Uh, that's the uh, take uh, from this podcast is you have to be happy to uh, give, add value uh, to the community and bring the community along in this journey with you. So 
uh, on that note uh, thank you so much Kim thank you for your Thanks, time uh, you're thank a beautiful you. soul <laughs> and um, much love to you and um, we will uh, catch up with you soon oh Devo jumped in hey Devo how are you my friend <laughs> um, yeah so um, we'll catch you uh, next week awesome thank you guys see you guys see ya thank you Kim thank you, thank you Kim thank you guys catch you later Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe.